message is uh, choosing to manage my mind. We're still in this series, Rethinking Your Life. I want to begin by reading Romans 12, chapter 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, that you think. This is the kind of one of the key verses for our series on changing the way you think. I want to let you guys know something. This was the title to my Facebook uh, kind of blog this morning is, is God is far more interested in changing my mind than my circumstances. So but before we look at how to, to, to manage your mind, and, uh, and all that is, is, is making your mind mine. Uh, my question is, have you ever noticed that your mind doesn't always obey you? So before we look at how to manage our mind, I want to look at first, why must I manage my mind? I've given you in, in prior services about 11 different reasons why we must manage our mind, but today I just want to look at two or three in review. The first one is this, if you're filling out your blanks and I'm, I'm excited that you are, is this, because my thoughts control my life. I must manage my mind because my thoughts control my life. What I mean by that? Is good thoughts good life? Bad thoughts, bad life. Sick thoughts, sick life. Sinful thoughts, sinful life. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. You know, we do a pretty good job, I guess. We control what we eat. We control what we drink, but not always our thoughts, not always our mind. And the Bible tells us that every action starts with a thought. If you don't think it, it doesn't happen. So think good things. If you think good things, good things are going to happen. Bad thoughts going to wind up in bad ways the second uh one of the second reasons that of why we must manage our mind is this because my mind is the battleground for sin it's every it's where every temptation starts it's where every sin begins to happen the sin of pride starts in the mind lust starts in the mind Hatred starts in the mind. Fear starts in my mind. Resentment, jealousy, envy, it all starts in the mind. Worry, stress, it all starts in the mind. You see, the battlefield for, for sin is not around you. It fights in your mind. Romans 7, 22, 23 says this, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But there's something else deep within me that is at war with my mind. Underline that, at war with my mind. And wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. In my mind, underline, in my mind. I want to be God's servant. But instead, I find myself still enslaved to sin. Habits, hurts, 
hang-ups. That's what I'm talking about, those things that mess up our lives. But, but look at those words in there, war and fight, enslaved, it's a mind. Guys, there's a battle going on in your brain. And sometimes you're conscious of it, but sometimes you're not. One of the causes of, of mental fatigue is that we're in this, this constant battle for our mind. The battle of things that you, you think about, but that you don't want to think about. You want to, you want to stop that. There's this battle going on. And the reason this battle is so intense is because your mind is your greatest assets. Because Satan knows whatever gets your attention gets you. It gets you. So he starts with your thoughts. Here's the third reason that we must manage our minds. Because it's the key to peace and happiness. It's the key to peace and happiness. An unmanaged mind leads to tension. A managed mind leads to tranquility. An unmanaged mind leads to pressure. A managed mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to stress. But a managed mind leads to strength and serenity. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict and chaos. But a managed mind leads to confidence. Romans 8, 6 says, If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Guys, that's why we're doing this whole series, how to rethink every area of your life. Now, today, I want to talk about three daily choices that you and I must make to manage our mind. We're really probably going to have to make these choices several times a, a day to have this, this healthy mind. Number one, here's the first daily choice that you and I need to make. And, and, and they all start with, with F. I must feed my mind with truth. I must feed my mind with truth. You see, Jesus said that, that the truth will set you free. But he's talking about the Bible. This is the truth. This will set you free. This will set you free. Matthew 4, 4 says, People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. You see, the Bible is the truth that sets you free. There's lots of things that are true, but they won't set you free. But the Bible will. I'm talking about the truth of God's word. Feeding my mind on the Bible. Psalm 119, 97 says, Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long. That's hope. That's hope. I told you before, there's over 7,000 promises in, in the Bible. I'm going to tell you guys, today, if you're hopeless, you're not spending enough time in the Word of God. I'm going to say that one more time. I want you to get this. If you're hopeless, you're not spending enough time in the Word of God. Because if you get these promises in your life, you're going to be a hopeful person. Psalm 119.97 uh, says, Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long, all day long. Feed your mind, my mind on the truth. Guys, it's a simple thing. Start your day with the word of God. 
so that you can recall it in, in the difficult, difficult times during the day. I know some of you guys are not morning people. Give yourself five or ten minutes extra to, to just get in the Word for a few moments, and, and I guarantee you it's going to help you uh, throughout the day. You don't want to get out there, especially in these difficult times, facing the difficult day without the Word of God. Psalm 16, 7 says, Even the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. I'm going to tell you something, guys. We need to be in the Word before we leave the house, before we leave. Let's see how serious this was with, 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 with King David, you know, how serious he was about it. David was a fugitive for a large part of his life, you know, but no matter what happened, he fed himself on the Word of God. Psalm 119, says, Even when wicked people hide to ambush and kill me, I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. I'm going to tell you something, guys. When you look at the world, when you even look at coronavirus or COVID-19, it's easy to get discouraged. TV, talk radio, the phone, wherever you get your news from, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get fearful and, and, and hopeless. But the word says, David said, I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. God's word. He kept his mind on God's word. And David did it while running from his enemies. So I got to ask you, we're in a crisis. Do you do, are, are you doing that in this crisis? Are you keeping your mind on the word of God? Do you spend more time on, on the news of Corona than you do the word of God? That's a good question. That's managing your mind. Number two, to manage my mind, I must free. This is the second F. I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. I must free my mind from destructive, destructive thoughts. Your mind has to be liberated. Your mind, my mind, has to be delivered. Our minds need to be set free. This ain't easy. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'll just put this out there. It's easy for me to tell you that it needs to be done. That's easy. But how does God deliver your mind? And why is it so hard? I'm going to tell you why it's so hard. Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. There is a battle for our minds. From the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep. Let me give you real quick three enemies that battle against the truth. And they even battle against my best intentions. Three forces against your mind. Number one, the first enemy of my mind is this. My old nature. My old nature is my first enemy. It is my sinful nature to think of myself and not to think about what God wants. That's my sinful nature. Romans 7, uh, 23 says this. I see in my body a principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells inside me. There's a battle in my mind, and it takes me ca captive to this law of sin in my mind. 
What that tells me is this. What this is saying is, I'm a hostage to my thoughts. You are a hostage to your thoughts. Guys, do you ever find yourself doing things that you don't want to do? Do you? That's what this verse is saying. I know this ain't good for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want to tell you something, guys. Your old nature is not your friend. Your old nature is not your friend. It is the source of all your bad habits, all your self-defeating habits that tend to take you down. I want you to write this down if you're at home. You're close to your refrigerator. You're still in your plaid sleep pants and all this stuff. But find you a pen. Write this down. I don't have to believe everything I think. I don't have to believe everything I think. Why? Because your mind lies to you sometimes. That's the truth. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true. Your mind and emotions often lie to you. And part of, of spiritual maturity is discerning the truth and the lies. The lies. Lies like, I'm never going to uh, uh, get any better. You got to say, is that really true? Or, or my life is worthless. You got to ask, is that really true? Romans 8, 5. I told you I love uh, uh, Romans 8. Those who are dominated by their own sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Think about things that please the Spirit. Don't be dominated by your old sinful nature. The second enemy of, of, of my mind is this, Satan. Our old sinful nature is inside. Satan's on, on the outside of me. Guys, he wants to change our, our mind in all the wrong directions. But I got good news for you this morning. If you have Christ in your life, then you have a power greater than Satan. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. You got power in you. And if, you, if you're a Christian, then Satan can't force you to, to do anything. The only way that he can influence you is by suggestion. We call those temptations. He can't force you to do it, but he can suggest. And if you don't know how to control your mind or, or manage your mind, and then you're going to let that stuff in. Negative thoughts, negative ideas, anger, you, you know, thoughts to get even. A uh, 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 negative stuff. Second Corinthians two eleven says, Paul said this. I've forgiven that man. He's talking about forgiveness here. I have forgiven that man so that Satan won't outsmart us, for we're very familiar with his evil schemes. I'm gonna tell you something, guys. Did you know that when you refuse to forgive anybody, that you have fallen into Satan's trap? When you refuse to forgive someone, you have fallen into his trap. You have took the bait. You've took the bait. Guys, God doesn't want you and me to hold on to any hurt. Satan does. Don't take the bait. The third enemy of my mind is this, the world's values. 
the world's values. I'm telling you guys, the world's values are in constant opposition to everything that God wants for our lives. And they're promoted all, all around us. In the TV, in the, in the movies, the, the, the music, celebrities. These all promote the world's values. Seems like ain't nobody encouraging us to do the right thing. The world tells us to think of ourselves. What's the word tell us? It ain't about us. It's not about you. This word is countercultural. Look at 1 John uh, 2, 16. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. Have you noticed that there is nothing around you that encourages you to be disciplined? Have you ever noticed that? Nothing. The world tells you to give in to the flesh, give in to the lust of the eyes, give in to the pride of life, give in to passion, sex, salary, status, position. Give in to, the, to uh, wanting to be served instead of serving. Well, how do I fight these mental battles? You'll find it in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish any argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Amen. We're in a match. We're in a wrestling match with our thoughts, and we got to pin them down. We got to pin them down. It's a mental battle. He calls it strongholds. Well, what's a stronghold? A stronghold is this. Write this down. A stronghold is a lie that I believe. A stronghold is a lie that I believe and, and one that I'm acting on on the basis of that. Guys, anytime. I believe a lie. It's straight from Satan. All lies come from Satan because he is the father of all lies. Anytime I believe a lie about God, it's a stronghold. Anytime I believe a lie about myself, it's a stronghold. Anytime I believe lies about the future, the past, the present, it's a stronghold. A lie about money, a lie about sex, they're strongholds. When money becomes the most important thing in my life, it is a stronghold. A stronghold can be a personal attitude. Worry is a stronghold. Depression, resentment, pride, ego, they're all strongholds. All strongholds. It says take captive. Take captive just means bring it under control. Make it obedient to Christ. Amen? Under submission. That's what it means. Well, how do I do this? Well, first, you admit that your thoughts don't always obey you. They don't always obey us. I mean, my thoughts drift when I'm praying. I've told y'all before, I had to learn to pray out loud. I had to learn to write it down. I can go to praying silently, and my thoughts wind up everywhere. And so I know I'm not the only one. 
The mind is a battlefield. Here's the, the best way to win any battle is before it happens. It's the best way to win any battle. You choose to feed your mind. You choose to free your mind, to set yourself free from destructive thoughts. Psalm 119, 112 uh, says, I have made up my mind to obey your laws forever, no matter what. What's that mean? It's a simple thing. Before you face today, make up your mind. Make up your mind who you will serve. Make up your mind what you're going to think about. Make up your mind so you have the answer before the temptation hits you. Make up your mind. Final step, number three. I'm winding up here. I must focus my mind on the right things. That's freedom. That's freedom. Here's three things real quick. I'm going to save some time for the elders to serve you in communion. Three things that will make the biggest difference in your mental state. This is, this is your homework for this week. Work on these three. I really want you to write these down. Work on these three this week. The first thing is this. Number one, think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Just develop that habit. Because you become what you think about the most. 2 Timothy 2 it says, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 3 says, think about Jesus' example. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So do not get tired and stop trying. Think about Jesus. Here's the second thing I want you to practice this week. The second part of your homework. Think about others. Think about others. Philippians 2, 4. Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they're doing. Guys, we're, like David said, we're in a great opportunity to think about others. Whatever, whatever situation that you're in today or tomorrow, number one, say, what would Jesus do in this? What would he do in this situation? And then secondly, think about others. What do other people need in this situation right here? Stop and intentionally think and ask the question, what, would, what about Jesus? What would he do? And what about other people? I'm going to tell you something. Those two questions will transform your life. If you think about Jesus and other people first. Other people first. Hebrews 10, 24 said, Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and to do good deeds. I'm going to tell you something. In today's world, with, with, with what our world is topsy-turvy, anybody that thinks about others is going to shine in this world, because most people are only thinking of themselves. When you think about others, you're going to stick out like a, like a sore thumb. You're going to shine. The third thing is this. It's something you can practice this week. Last one, think about eternity. Think about eternity. We don't do that very often because we're so caught up in the, in the here and now that we don't think about eternity. Colossians 3.2 says this. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think about only, do not think only about things down here on earth. Heavenly-minded people always do the most good in the world. Let me say that again. Heavenly-minded people 
always do the most good in the world. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Eternity is a mind blower. It's, it's a mind blower. Because in light of eternity and what it offers and what it promises, this ain't much. This ain't much. This ain't much. There's a lot more important thing in eternity. He sure lessens what we think is important. Guys, you can change your mind. You can manage your mind. If you feed it, free it, and focus our mind. I'm going to pray for you. Then Fred and, and, and Paxton are going to come up, your, your other two elders. And I'm excited about that. I brought my loaf of bread and, and my juice, so I'm going to be sharing it with you too. But these guys are going to, going to talk to you about it and explain it. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that, that we are going to share communion together with, with folks in Israel, with folks in, in Bryson City, North Carolina. Cartersville, Adairsville, Rockmark, that we get to share communion because we're all part of your family. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the elders who are here to let their people know that they can have confidence in them, that they are walking in the Spirit and not in the world. Lord, we love you, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.